Good evening, wrestling fans. How are you all doing? Cooper, JD, how are you guys doing? Welcome back. Oh, I'm doing great, man. I'm happy to be back. A lot of, lot of stuff to talk about today. Yes. Yeah. How you doing, Cooper? It's, it's, uh, it's been a wild ride, uh, both you know, down in the South and uh, in the wrestling industry the past week, that's for sure. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot to talk about tonight. I mean, this could easily be a two-hour show, um, but uh, we're going to cut to the chase tonight. There is, like you guys said, there is a lot to talk about, um, but uh, we got Drew McIntyre to talk about the Money to Bank. We're going to touch on the AEW TNT title tournament, and uh, we are also going to um, talk about wrestling being declared as an essential business. So... Um, oh, and not to mention the 30 names that got released from WWE last week. But Yeah, some of those were a shocker to me, to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're going to get to that. Uh, but first, um, Raw opens up tonight with uh, Drew McIntyre. We get the Drew McIntyre segment interrupted tonight by Drew's appointed, uh, opponent Garza, Selena, and Austin Theory. Um, it's also established that Drew uh, McIntyre and Seth Rollins WWE title match will be taking place at Money in the Bank in just three weeks. So what are you guys' thoughts on this? Uh, Cooper, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Yeah, uh, the match is a good idea. Um, I mean, they're both technically gifted. I mean, Drew, to be as big as he is, the dude can fly. The dude can hit hard, but Seth is kind of playing off of his attitude. Still the Monday Night Messiah, you know, we we crucified him at WrestleMania, or Owens did, if you will, and now he's resurrected. You know, the Messiah is back. But, you know, Drew is still kind of playing that anti-hero. He's still got that swagger and that, that attitude of just being a jerk in general. So they're going to play off of each other really well. The only thing I'm not liking right now is that they're taking the U.S. champion and his stable, and Drew is absolutely just crushing them left and right right now. So it's making them look weak and look kind of awful. That's the only thing I don't like about this right now. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Jay, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I agree with everything that uh, Coop said. Um, yeah, it is making uh, that that Zelina's stable look weak. Um but I like the little off feud. I like the the offshoot. Um, I as far as uh, Seth goes, I'm not really digging his Monday Night Messiah, if you will. Um, I don't. If people had an issue with Bray playing the cult leader, so I don't understand what the difference is with Seth being the Messiah. But I don't know. Again, I think he needs to just find a, a character and just stick with it. But as far as the actual uh, feud going on, it has a lot of potential to to be great. Uh, However, it also has a potential to damage one or the other, depending on how they end this whole thing. Cause if, uh, if Seth loses, then what was it for? What's this Messiah for? Is it just another dead character that was around for six weeks? And if, um, if Drew loses, then what is he going to have a six week title run? So I don't, I don't know what the, what the end game for this is. Well, I mean, Drew Drew can't lose this title match come May. That that that's got to be off the table. Drew Drew's definitely walking out. Um, this could be one of those slow burn feuds. 
um, that goes for like six, seven, eight months long up until Survivor Series. Get the belt <laughs> off of Drew then and then give him the belt back in Mania. It could be one of those things. Um, not entirely sure. And I'm fine with it being a slow burn. It's just uh, then why put the title in this early? I agree. Um, I was a little shocked. Well, I was going to say so. I was a little so surprised that they were going to do, do this match a little early. Yeah. I mean, if you think back a few years ago, like when Bray Wyatt won the title at the Elimination Chamber, and then he drops it a month later to Randy Orton at WrestleMania. I mean, you took a guy who had a huge buildup, and you just kick him square in the teeth. They better not do that with Drew this time, or that's going to leave a bad taste with a lot of people. Yeah, and I, I believe that's not going to happen. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, again, as I always say, it is uh, the <laughs> WWE. You never know what's going to happen. I think it, it, this is going to be like, – we'll have to see how it unfolds one week at a time here. Yeah, okay. um, We saw Drew. He got jumped from behind by Andrade. Andrade takes a Claymore. Took a really good Claymore by uh, Drew McIntyre, setting up tonight's main event, which we'll talk about later with uh, Garza. Um, so, yeah, we saw Seth's promo uh, a little later, except in Drew McIntyre's challenge. Says they have a lot in common, yet Seth is more of a leader. He proclaims to be more of a leader and that he's the light in the darkness. Uh, and he says, otherwise they had a lot in common, but that's what, that's what separates the two of them. That Seth is a leader. Drew is not. Um, so that's where they left off with that. Uh, what did you well, think with that? that there, yeah. With that there, I, I like that they're using that angle because Seth has been in several factions and has shown that he can quote unquote, be a leader where Drew hasn't really been in a faction since what, when he was in Nexus BMB. early in his career. Right. Oh, no, uh, 3MB, yeah. So, you know, we're talking about a ways back. Um, So I like that little tidbit to it. But, you know, again, I I just hope that uh, Drew walks away with it. Yeah, um, I'm pretty – I'm 95% sold that Drew's going to win that match at Money in the Bank. That's happening. Uh, How they go from there, I'm not too sure. I I think it's a SummerSlam payoff. With the the current formula they have, I think that's the way they're rolling with it. That's just my opinion. But that would be smart if it's a SummerSlam play payoff. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, honestly, I want to see Drew McIntyre in front of an arena full of people before he decides to drop this title. Um, I agree. You know, the arena's going to go. I want to see what that experience is with Drew. The arena's going to go hot for him. You know, it's just going to blow yeah, the roof it, off. It, if that Brock Lesnar match was in front of 70,000 people, that place would have absolutely erupted. Oh, yeah. Oh, Especially after absolutely. Kicking kick, kick out of an F5-1, everybody would have absolutely gone bonkers in that place. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Uh, moving on, Money in the Bank qualifiers. Uh, our first one we'll talk about, Austin Theory versus Aleister Black. Aleister Black defeats Austin Theory with the black mask. Great match. Yeah, that, that was a serious minutes. black mask. We got a that, pretty decent match in a short amount of time. What'd you guys think? Yeah, that black mask hurt me, man. Like that was a serious black mask. Uh, yeah, I, I like how uh, they let him and Zelina banter a little bit too. It's like everybody knows her husband and wife in real life, but she just kind of talked absolute dirt to him like he was nothing. Yeah, that was pretty good. I like that. I thought Zelina the match itself Vega was, was great tonight. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she got a little annoying for me. Uh, the, the Brooklyn accent came out a little much for me, but she can definitely talk. She can definitely push a storyline along. Yeah. Um, and the match itself pretty good. They told a pretty decent story. Yeah. Uh, she got a lot of shine tonight. That's for sure. And uh, moving on, we got uh, we had Apollo Cruz versus MVP. Uh, we kind of knew Apollo was winning this one. Uh, maybe they could have gone either way. Uh, and then uh, the one after that I want to talk about is uh, Murphy versus Rey Mysterio in the third qualifying matches that we saw tonight. What did you guys think of this? Okay, I'll take it, Coop. Kind of a shocker, actually. I mean, I think it's proven that Rey still has it, but at the same time, Murphy's proven he can hold in the ring. I mean, the guy's been a cruiserweight champion. The guy's been a tag team champion already. He can work. He can do the matches with quite honestly anybody they throw in there with him. So I was expecting him to get pushed a little bit. So, I mean, I'm not disappointed that Ray's in. I wouldn't, wasn't upset with either one. It's just I would, I would expect Murphy to get per, get pushed and Ray kind of to take that for him. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I, too, was rooting for Buddy Murphy. I think it's time for him to show what he can do. I think uh, watching him in that Roman feud oh, a little ways back really showed that he can handle himself in the ring and that he's got talent and that he can really shine. Um, but, when, you know, when you're going up against some uh, a Hall of Famer like Rey Mysterio, you're going to have to take the heat on that one. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, uh, you brought up a point. Buddy Murphy beat Roman and Daniel Bryan back-to-back weeks. I both, I believe both were on a SmackDown. Or either way, it was in the same week. Right. And they didn't do much after that. I mean, we've been seeing a lot of them, but they didn't do a whole lot. Uh, I, I think Buddy Murphy should have taken the win here. I, I think he needed it more than Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Uh, WWE uh, Raw specifically has been doing uh, a better job. Uh, and probably not by choice, but they've been doing a better job on putting out fresh content. We're seeing new names, uh, especially on the Raw side. SmackDown is the same old for now. But um, I would have, I was really hoping for uh, Murphy to get that win. I think he could have used it a lot more. Yeah, because uh, Ray taking a loss on that doesn't hurt him in any way. You know, it's still the great Mysterio. He's he's still the goat. He's Taking that loss and being knocked out of uh, Money in the Bank contention would definitely would not have hurt him in any way. Nah. And so I my, you're just. I'm sorry. Um, I was going to say my early picks. I'd have to say uh, right now. Um, I, I think Alistair Black is looking like the clear favorite, and possibly Dan Bryan. But that's yeah. just out of the four names that are in it so far. Yeah, I agree with that. I was kind of surprised that. Man, Apollo, just jumping back to that match real quick, that, that's a name that's still around because he has been so mid-card for such a long time that I honestly wouldn't have been surprised if they let MVP win that match. Hmm. But, I mean, I guess it's one of those, like you were talking about, where, you know, letting some new names jump in there and getting some fresh faces to push up to the top and getting those big matches. Yeah, because really, uh, MVP, um, it, yes, it would have been cool to see him win, but they solely brought him over to put Apollo over. 
because having him win, we know he's not going to win the whole tournament, so it really just takes a spot. So at least they can use a name that we're all familiar with and help put over Apollo Cruz, who's been struggling to get over for what reason? I don't know, but he's been struggling to get over. And yeah, this was a nice win for him. I'm glad to see he finally got the win. Yeah. He's got a little momentum the last couple of weeks. He had a great outing with Alistair Black um, recently. So yep. tonight um, was good. It was good. He, it, you know, he's putting a couple of weeks together. It's good, and he, I, I think, I think this could lead into um, MVP being the new mouthpiece for Apollo Cruz. Oh, that I would be good. See them going in that direction. An- another podcast, Living the Gimmick, also said the same thing, but I beat them to it. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I can see this uh, going in a way because MVP was trying to uh, recruit people under him for past couple weeks, uh, months. So I can see Apollo Cruz uh, getting that little rub there. Um, that could make a big difference. Let's yeah, see. for sure. Shayna, Shayna Baszler versus NXT's Indy Hartwell. We won't talk much about this one. Quick squash match. Um, did did anybody see Indy Hartwell um give up tonight? I didn't see her tap out. And no, they they, they called it. They called it because of the broken arm thing, playing it off of Sarah Logan last year. So as soon as the ref called it, they said they announced that she's no longer able to compete. And that's why they rung the bell. I'm trying to figure out how they came to that determination, though. Like a logical way of how they came to that determination that she isn't able to compete. That was awfully quick. Well, because uh, she got her arm stomped out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just say, I'm just saying um, that 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 was a you know awfully quick decision there. But, yeah, it uh, did come pretty quick. It was a, a fast decision, just off of base. She barely got the stomp over with and he had the bell rung so yeah in between they announced and i don't know if this is for the men's as well um but they announced that the women's money to bank match will be held in the corporate headquarters where the match starts inside the building works its way to the top and that's where you grab your briefcase what do you guys think what's your thoughts on this so i don't know how i feel about it yeah, I'm kind of the same way. So is it going to be like a false count anywhere kind of thing where they're just fighting through cubicles and offices? and? Well, they got to make their way to the top of the building and grab the, the briefcase. Right. But so none of it other than when they whoever make it grabs- to the top is going to be on a ring? Exactly. Whoever, I guess yeah, whoever, whoever gets to the top of the building first and gets to the briefcase, that's, my, that's what I'm getting out of it. My question is, can they take the express elevator? <laughs> you know <laughs> they could do that they could we could see two three women fighting in an elevator and somebody hits the button and they're fighting as they're going up oh, that that'll add a little something to it or maybe it'll be like, something like that uh wwe super bowl commercial from 1998 we might see something like that <laughs> oh god <laughs> I was kind of, I was kind of skeptical whenever I first heard this. I was, because I sent this to a bunch of people. I'm like, what in the actual, what are they doing? And then, like, I started seeing some pictures. You know, they got the ring up on the roof. You can see where the the briefcase is suspended. Just kind of some 
you know, some little things are already filming for it. And the vibe that I'm getting from that is kind of like how they did the Gargano Champa one last beat match, the Edge and Orton last man standing match at Mania. It's just an absolute just massacre throughout the entire thing. Let everybody go at it. And just anybody who watched Family Guy back in the day, it's like Peter versus the chicken fights. It's just it's just going to be pure anarchy and anything goes like they're just going to grab anything and just beat the bejesus out of each other. And somehow they end up on the roof. Everybody's going to get up there at some point. <laughs> so then can we see like a massive battle royal up there? Oh, yeah, Pretty, I think I think everybody's going to end up up there like it's going to be a slow trickle like somebody's going to get absolutely destroyed. And you're going to it's like Royal Rumble. Someone who goes in between the ropes you forget about. Right. And it's like, oh yeah, I forgot Daniel Bryan was still in this match and he just comes out of nowhere. Like they might they might have a ring set up on top of the ceiling, kind of like they did in uh the 1995 uh raw intro videos. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot about that. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine like you're driving down um I-95 heading north and you see the women fight on top of the building trying to grab a suitcase. <laughs> I could oh just uh, I could not imagine what that image would be like from the highway. Oh, I just God. hope they don't do a spot like they did in WCW when uh, Hogan threw the big show or what was he the giant back then off the edge of the building. Oh yeah. Like he was supposed to have landed in the water and he comes back dry like I don't I hope they don't oh, do anything cheesy God. like that. There were a lot of WCW botch spots back in the day, kind of like when Hacksaw did a run in with the two by four and it bent in half. <laughs> I can't find video on it. It's out. It's got to be out there, but it's one of the biggest bloopers of all time. Yeah. You think they're going to put monster trucks on the roof too? Uh, you might as well. I'm here. You're going all out. You're already on the roof. This building may burn down. I mean, they're getting a new one after all. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe it'll get blown up. Ruby Riot versus Liv Morgan tonight. Uh, I, I felt like this is worth giving about a minute or so. Uh, Liv Morgan gets a big win against Ruby. Yeah, I like that. I like that she finally uh, got over on her former boss, if you will. Uh, I like the trash talking that was going on in between there with uh, Ruby basically just talking down to Liv, and then next thing you know, Liv just beats her up. So I thought it was pretty good. It was entertaining for what it was. Live more than it's got momentum. They got to keep giving her wins and make her a formidable female star. Wins will do that. And she's been winning for the past couple of weeks. She's making a pressure on me personally. Like, okay, this is her push. She's got momentum. So WWE needs to keep that ball rolling if they expect to have her close to the main event. I mean, she's been improving. Um, so the pan's hot right now for her. Yeah. yeah. I think a win, a win over Ruby, her former leader, if you will, that definitely gives a strong push and a, a good feeling for it. She's not there yet, but she's on the right track. Oh yeah. yeah and I can see them. Her. I can see them using Ruby as a, as like a stepping stone for her and trying to get her better wrestling because Ruby's pretty good. Like she can move Ruby's in the ring, great. you know, so yes. it's, it's, I see them using Ruby kind of like the way they use Natalia, where she's the one that kind of develops the underdeveloped, if you will. 
I mean, that's that's good, but I want to see uh, Ruby achieve some championship gold at some point as well. I think she deserves it. Yeah, I agree. I just uh, it's got to be the right time and in the right situation. Oh, I think absolutely, momentum's not really on her side right now. Right. More so on Liv Morgan's side for sure. Yep. Um, moving on, Charlotte versus Kata Carter. Uh, Kaden Carter got a little, a couple nice shots in. Uh, poor Carter taking that kit to the face in the beginning of that match. Uh, following that, we had a great match with uh, Andrade versus Tazawa. Andrade wins with the hammerlock DDT from the top row. Great, great match for 10 minutes. Yeah, that was, and uh, uh, what's his name? Tazawa, like he can go. Like the the stuff that he was pulling off, it's smooth, it's fast. Uh, yeah, he can he can go. I like seeing him. Oh, absolutely. Tazawa does not have bad matches. Every every time I'm paying attention to his matches, he doesn't have bad matches. Yeah, the only thing like he's Mark. got that's bad is his uh, his music. He needs new music. Yeah, his music is terrible. <laughs> Bianca Belair versus NXT's Santana Garrett. Uh, Bianca Belair gets the win. Quick four-minute match. Santana Garrett gets a little bit of offense in. Um, They both look good. Belair is shining so far these past couple weeks. Uh, The Street Profits were out on commentary, which was amazing. Yeah, they're always amazing. Why don't you give them the mic to talk, man? They'll bring it every single time. I was loving it. I was loving it, and it killed a lot of the dead sound, too, which was great. Yep. Oh, yeah. Then we got our main event, Angel Garza versus Drew McIntyre. What did you guys think of this match? Uh, I, th- it, I thought it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Uh, you knew Drew was going over, and he was going to make it painful, and, and that it was. Yeah. I mean, Garza, I mean, he's still talented. I mean – but you you knew it was just going to be all McIntyre and watching him fly over the top rope. Garza's in a good spot right now. He's doing everything he needs to. He looks great. Um, he has future star written all over him. But definitely not at the level yet of beating a world heavyweight champion. So oh, absolutely. We knew Drew was winning this match unless there were shenanigans. But we knew Drew was getting the win here. Yeah. I think they want Drew to win as clean as possible right now, I think. Yeah. And to, to make him look as, as strong as he can going into Seth here in a few weeks. He's he's looking great. Drew McIntyre has been looking great even long before 2020 even started. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've been telling people probably since maybe a little bit after Survivor Series that Drew needs to be the guy to, to push and to get him to WrestleMania. And... Um, Sure enough, they did. But uh, Drew, Drew looks great. His charisma's there. He had a great um, swanton dive on the outside, which was awesome. Um, I almost popped for that. But he, he looks great. He, he's got the it factor, and he needs to keep this belt for a long time. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I think what they're doing in this program with uh... – this faction, I don't even know if they have a name for themselves yet, is uh, they're doing a great job making him look like the monster. I mean, even when uh, Andrade came and did a little sneak attack on him and he claymoreed him, uh, I think it was like two times, and then Zelina's trying to send Angel Garza in there, he's like, no, I'm not going. You know, so I think that 
just that little subtlety right there just really makes uh, Drew look like a monster. Yeah, it's it's like he went he was total heel for a while, especially when him and Ziggler were together. But it's like he's towing that CM Punk line where he's acting like a face, but he's not trying to be the hero. Yeah, I mean he came out and thanked everybody when he won the title and broke the fourth wall. He, he he's pandering. Yeah, but like he's like definitely right pandering. The, yeah, right at the end of Raw. Like he's laying there, like he's ravishing Rick Rude or Shawn Michaels with the belt. I thought like, that was great. Covering him up. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you want me to do it again? I think I'm going to go do it again and just pop like three more claymores off before, like, within 30 seconds before they went off the air. Right. Drew is having fun. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> he is having fun out there. I think right now he's making the best out of his title run, and we've seen him. Three straight weeks since WrestleMania. Can't say that for Brock. Yeah. Can't yeah. say that for Brock. He, he would have won his title WrestleMania, you know, uh, following WrestleMania 34, retain his title, and then you don't see him until six weeks later, Money in the Bank, if we get that. Yeah, and don't forget, he also uh, defended his title against Show that night. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm liking his title run. Um, if even if they gave him a week off in between, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, but I agree. I like seeing the champion on Raw. Uh, that belt had to come off of Brock. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying this. It's fresh. Yeah, every mostly everything we saw on Raw tonight was fresh. Whether it was oh, yeah. great or it wasn't so good, but it's still fresh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Moving on. That being said, um. WWE was declared being considered as an essential business by the state of Florida. I need you guys' thoughts on this. You can go anywhere you want with this. What are you guys' thoughts? Do you agree? Disagree? Uh, man, uh... I think it's bad. I think it's a bad move. I mean, that's that's why Roman. I mean, they've they've erased. They've given him the Chris Benoit treatment right now. Like his name is nowhere on anything, not being spoken. You know, someone in a match with Roman before, not a single thing about him. And honestly, if I were in Roman's shoes and you're telling me, well, you have to work, I mean, we're essential, I'd tell him to kiss it because I've had two bouts of cancer and this could actually kill me. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I don't see the essential factor in it. I mean, it's entertainment, right? Uh, that's what Vince wants first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Entertainment in this day and age is not essential. Um, is it in, is it important to put the shows on? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I think it helps with the, uh, I want to say the mental health aspect of it, of trying to keep some sort of a normal schedule, some sort of normalcy to this new life that we're learning. But is it essential? No. Uh, and and putting their workers at risk, especially somebody like Roman, who, like Cooper, you said, who has uh, leukemia or has beat leukemia twice. I mean, he's one of those that, God forbid, if he gets it, who knows if he's going to make it to the other end of it? You know, so why put him at risk or even some of their other um, talent that they have that, uh, you know, may have 
a compromised immune system just from however how many days they work a year. You know, they're exhausted all the time. So to me, I don't think it's a it's a good move. Um I wouldn't have made them essential if I was if I was in Vince's shoes. Um and you know, this is kind of kind of funny to see now uh the flipping promotions where impact is kind of above WWE right now because they pre-taped all their stuff so they could still run uh, good shows with crowds and still keep their stories alive and they're still paying their their people they have not cut one single person production from production to writers to creative to talent who thought we'd see that so it's as far as wrestling being an essential business um, I agree I definitely agree with you guys but for the wrestling fans that have Nothing to do, sitting at home. It's been somewhat of a help. Yeah, but that's what the network's there for. That's what YouTube is there for. Oh, absolutely. The WWE could have taken this time to uh, do documentaries while following the social distancing rules, and it probably would have not been a problem. Right. I've absolutely loved like going through the, the episodes of Ruthless Aggression that are on the network. Just reliving that and, you know, just, just hearing some of the stories and especially John Cena, you know, right. with him being inches from getting fired, you know, just, just his surge and what he did, you know, just, just that stuff was, inter- that's entertaining. The Drew, uh, yeah. Drew McIntyre documentary was excellent. Yeah. It yeah. was Edges. Yep. I didn't see Edges. I got to see that. I got to see oh. the John Cena stuff too. Yeah. You got to see the, the Edge uh there's either the 24 or Chronicle. I can't remember which one, but that Edge one was good. Yeah, and I'm a fan of those 24s. I really like those 24s. You know, it's like they could have just oh, kept keep doing those. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think the best move would have been WWE taking a break right after WrestleMania, take about four to eight weeks off, and maybe put some time in doing documentaries. Um, you know, I, I mean, listen, all the content's there. All, all the content is there. Um, you know, maybe you can get an agreement with ROH or Evolve to get some more shows put on the network and give wrestling fans more to watch. Uh, there's stuff that could have been done for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, if wrestling isn't going on now, we're not doing this. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's sure. a little positive to yeah. it, but at the same time, um, now let me tell you guys this: the wrestlers weren't forced; none of them were forced to be there. So every single person that's there is all voluntary. Yeah, but uh, look at the flip side of that. I mean, look what they're doing to Roman because he volunteered yeah. to not be there. So yes, it's voluntary. But it's more of a voluntold, if you will. Well, they don't know when Roman's coming back. They don't know when coronavirus is uh, going to end. Um, I, I think the whole Roman thing is up in the air. We're going to see him when we see him. Um, and when everything's in the clear, you know Vince. He loves Roman. He loves him some Roman. Yeah, but that's where you. That's what creative is for. There's a way to get creative with Roman not being. Uh, on property, if you will, like you I can agree. do they some sort of. They could have had like, him taken out. Yeah, they could have had him taken out. They could have had him uh, do some sort of off-property stuff, like they they did they do with the compound. Uh, you know, there's plenty of ideas that you can do. 
yeah, you're right. I mean, there was no explanation, to my knowledge, no explanation to Roman Reigns' absence other than the fact that Roman got on social media and said that he wasn't going to be there. Which, again, I think in today's day and age, you can't really penalize people for doing that because there is no more kayfabe. I mean, on social media, you see these wrestlers' lives day in and day out as normal people, not as their characters. So by him going on and saying, you know, I don't want to be a part of this due to my personal situation, I don't see why you can use that as as a penalty. You know, I don't think they're going to penalize him. We'll really know if they're penalizing him by the type of push that he gets when he comes back, for sure. I think at some point, um, you know, before SummerSlam, he'll come out in an interview and lay it out on the, you know, tell everybody how it is and what happened, why he was gone. I think we'll get to that point. I don't know why we haven't already, but um, hey, hey, listen, you never know. There may have been a little bit of dispute between Vince and Roman, you know, just to try to get Vince, uh, Roman to get, you know, into that match at WrestleMania. And then uh, who knows what the conversations were like, you know, nothing's leaked yet. We we really don't know what would happen behind closed doors. Something could happen. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. You know, uh, moving on. Well, uh, while we're still talking about WWE just announced last week, uh, about 30 names released from WWE. Now I'm going to play devil's advocate here. A little bit. This is the biggest release that I've seen since 1992 into 1993. Because when I say that, because if you look at the WrestleMania card, WrestleMania 8, and then you look at the card for WrestleMania 9, most of those WrestleMania uh, 9 wrestlers are all fresh faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Not many from WrestleMania 8 made it into WrestleMania 9 for sure. They were all gone. Right. Big Boss Man, Earthquake, um... A bunch of names. Uh, you 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 look at the WrestleMania card and you'll see what I'm talking about. None of them were there in 1993. So this is the biggest release from what I've seen in 25 years. Now, to play devil's advocate, they do have a tendency of every year releasing wrestlers at this time. After WrestleMania, uh, usually three, four weeks after the WrestleMania has taken place, WWE has a history of going on a fire sale and releasing all the underutilized guys uh, just to save money. Now it's not a not a great look at all because it's during COVID nineteen. Uh, Lyndon McMahon forked over eighteen million dollars to Florida, uh, whatever that was about. I haven't really looked into it. Maybe you guys can shed light on that. Um, but uh, it's. WWE does have a history of releasing wrestlers at this time of the year, every year, but this being the biggest release that I've seen. What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, so to me with the big release from 1993, I think that was partly due to the ramp-up of WCW. Uh, You know, that's when, I believe it was between 93 and 94, when Hogan went over and started kind of help building that brand. And then that's when the older, the big boss man showed up over there. Uh, Macho Man obviously showed up over there. So I think that was part of that exodus as well as soft uh, cost savings. Um, but as far as this release, um, yeah, it's definitely a, a bad look. Uh, whether it's... Uh, 
whether it's the normal fire uh, fire sale, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out if it was due to him trying to save money due to COVID, not having the fans, not having that incoming that income coming in. It's possible, um, but you know, again, Vince is a very smart man. He's there's a way to still sell your product and still make your money. So I don't, I don't know, man. Um, I don't like it, especially people that he, some of the people that he picked to let go, um, such as Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, Rusev. I think those were the big ones. Cassius Ono went out. Well, Rusev wanted out. Yeah, there was there was there was rumors of that. Rusev wanted out. I don't I don't think he um, would have just gotten fired like that. I think I think Rusev wanted out. And that's been rumored for many months. Yeah, that's been going on. Well, that happened too when uh, it came up to his contract where we all thought he was going to go. Then he resigned again. So as far as him wanting out, that's a tough one to kind of try and figure out whether it was him just taking his exit when he can. Or if it was, you know, Vince kind of because he asked for a release about 18 months ago is that like his way of getting back at him i don't really know uh but also like the revival like the revival getting let go uh did you guys see the leak on on the new gear that vince wanted him to wear as a comedy tag team yeah that's that just ridiculous stupid horrible now they're going by the name revolt did i read right uh i know they changed their personal names um yeah but i'm not sure about their actual tag name but i actually read today i forget which uh source i read it from that it looks like they might be going to nwa because it fits their wrestling style which i think will be fantastic if they want really yeah oh yeah wow wow that might draw some eyes over to nwa for sure yeah uh and then back to your 18 million dollar question i thought that had to do uh with having the stadium on rent for WrestleMania. So they had to, being that is technically a breach of contract, they had to fork over some cash. But I'm not 100% sure. You know WrestleMania is going to go back to Tampa. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, well, with this whole coronavirus thing, the building of that SoFi... Yeah, they don't know if they're going to be able to go to California because, A, the building and completion of SoFi is getting pushed back, and B... There's a chance that large public gatherings, California is going to ban those through or for the next year. So that would be through April 2021. So they've got to have a plan B where to take it. So they could try to go back to Tampa. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. WrestleMania might be in the Hammerstein Ballroom. <laughs> maybe, maybe, we get, we maybe we get it in full sale next year. Oh, shit. <laughs> Maybe, maybe we get it at the Manhattan Center because that went over well. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God. Some of some of the chances. Thank God, uh, I did not go to that role. I went to the Brooklyn one. Oh, you got you got the good end of the stick thing because I heard the ballroom was an absolute riot that almost broke out. They charged a lot of money for those tickets. I didn't I even really do anything there. And any segments that they did get was dark matches, dark matches and dark segments with promo. Yeah, so that. dumb. But yeah. uh, the whole the whole Linda McMahon thing, yeah, that that's rubbing a lot of people the wrong way because 
a lot of people, for some reason, didn't know that she was part of Trump's cabinet and running the small business mm-hmm. oh, administration yeah. for him. Yeah, but that that seemed to shock a lot of people. Yeah, uh, well, you know the like, ones, especially that don't watch out there. But yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're like, oh, well, I mean, she just threw a bunch of money at a Republican governor and one of Trump's buddies, and she threw her weight around and said that, yeah, this is going to be deemed essential business, so they can start making money again. So I mean, that's that's just one of the theories going around. I'm not going to delve deeper into it just for the uh, sake of conversation. Yeah. That's that's and one you know of the what? things. If I'm, if I'm Dana White, I'm flipping out right now. <laughs> but because ESPN and Mickey Mouse UFC is, is going to get there and get their rub. They'll, yeah, they'll get their time. Yeah, but yeah, some of the other names that that very Sarah Logan. Them. I mean, Sarah Logan got cut, especially after getting destroyed by Shane. Well, she, um, she definitely got her exit, but uh, I wonder why. Uh, I wonder why this happened because you got the Viking Raiders that are still signed on Raw. Well, after tonight with the Viking Raiders, I'm kind of scratching my head on what's going on with this. Oh, you yeah. know what? I missed oh. that segment because this microphone was busy <laughs> coming in the mail, and I was waiting for it. What happened there? It's hard to describe. So I they mean, were pretty it's... much doing like a, a ride-along thing where they're riding in the SUV together. Wearing their Viking headgear and rapping or singing some Viking song, but it was like about them being a Viking and having cool beards. And uh, who was it? Uh, uh, what what's their name? I forget their names. Uh, uh, Eric and Ivar. Yeah, so I think it was Eric was eating like this big, like uh turkey leg if you will yeah while saying like it was just ridiculous it looked like something was it hokey very hokey it looked like something they would have had the revival do honestly yeah oh man yeah it was i'm gonna have to take a look at this it was bad so and as far as like sarah logan for me i didn't find that too shocking because they haven't really done anything with her i don't think that viking gimmick is working for her regardless of what percentage viking she is Putting the, her with the Viking Raiders wouldn't have done anything for her and wouldn't have done anything for them. Um, the, her biggest push was on the Riot Squad, and even with that, she was the forgotten one. Here's another shocking name. Mike Kyoto. He's been with the company since as early as I can remember. Oh, absolutely. At least, 90, at least 93. Probably, yeah. probably even sooner, uh, even longer than that. They fired him while he was on medical leave, too. He just had surgery. <laughs> you know what? I have a feeling he's on furlough. I hope he is. Yeah, I hope so, too. I have a feeling because that's a long career. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's, that's one of those referees that you bought him into the match. Like, whenever he would kind of step in, he, he was bought into his. He's basically the senior referee uh, other than um, uh, Little Nate. Yeah. Charles Robinson. Charles yeah, if they get rid of Charles Robinson, we riot. <laughs> no, that's Flair's son. He ain't going. It nowhere. is. But uh, two, or the other, or the probably besides Rusev, probably the biggest cut were Gallows and Anderson, especially after just being used at WrestleMania. I think Doc and Machine Gun can make it to uh, AEW. Yeah, I hope I hope that's where they land. But uh, part of me sees 
them going they back could, to Japan. They had a big run Japan. in Japan. Do they really want to uproot their lives again and go back to Japan again? Yeah, because that's Carl. Or we don't we don't know Carl's what their got lives four kids now. There. Yeah, yeah, but his wife's also Japanese, so it's it's possible. I guarantee yeah. you, they probably had a talk around the dinner table this week. Yeah. Um, and I was actually watching uh, AJ's Mixer channel the other day, and he felt really bad that they got cut. And he kind of yeah. he even said it himself. He said that he kind of felt responsible that he couldn't protect his guys. So, with that being said, uh, AJ is not on a long term contract, I believe. So, can he finish this out and jump back with Gallows and Anderson and recreate the Bullet Club back in Japan? It's possible i would be pleasantly surprised if that happens though and and i think we get a return match at next year's wrestlemania aj styles versus undertaker but that's a long way off for now yeah but remember you heard it here first (laughs) um but uh i I don't know aj is a, a major player they're giving him time off for now, um, as a lot of the wrestlers have been given some time off here and there, you know, of course, we know it's voluntary basis, right. and whoever we see on TV now is getting an amazing opportunity. A lot of these guys that we see on Raw, especially, are not there if everybody in the WWE roster was showing up. Oh, absolutely! So, these guys are right place, right time starting to shine and these guys that are volunteering i think are going to be the ones that are going to be looked at to get a push first before anybody else that sat out even I mean, though they sat out for the right reasons i mean hopefully i mean i'd like to see that happen um, the ones that have stepped up or the, the ones that are going to be the the players this year i really hope so you know but uh it's there still opportunities there still remains to be seen when crowds come back if crowds come back uh vince is always going to want his quote-unquote top guys so you know you'll you'll have a good hand that's working through this this whole situation and then as soon as it's over they're they're going to be kicked to the curb i i certainly hope not yeah so do i uh and if that does happen it would it would be a slow process because Unless they just want to abruptly end every single storyline that's going on and then start hit the reset button, but that just wouldn't make sense. And well, you know, sure, had no issue doing that sometimes, though. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of done it already, even before coronavirus even started. He's basically hit uh, helped hit the reset button on a lot of these guys. I mean, yeah, that- Paul Heyman is responsible for Drew McIntyre's push. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, these NXT stars are in the right place, right time, and uh, you know I'm kind of happy for them. I and, and plus I like fresh content, like we talked about Jay mm-hmm. for numerous weeks now. Yep. Yeah, I agree. They're they're definitely in a prime position, um, as well as uh, just some of the un- underutilized talents. You know, I like seeing Apollo Crews getting the push. Oh, I liked, uh, I think we skipped over it, but I like that uh, Ricochet and Cedric new tag team uh, match they had going on. They I thought good. they did really well. They looked good today. They definitely did. 
and it looks like they're having fun. They're enjoying doing it again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think this is probably the route you go. Get them to the tag team titles. Maybe SummerSlam Survivor Series. I would like to see uh, Street Profits against Ricochet and Cedric. That would tear the house down. Oh, that'd be fantastic. If you let them go, that's the type of match that is SummerSlam or Survivor Series worthy for sure. Absolutely, yeah. If, if you book them right. Yeah, that that's that's like a New Day Uso match you can put out there. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know what? They the New Day and Usos, they have great matches each and every single week. But I'm a little over it too at the same time. Yes. Absolutely. They gotta split those guys. Yes. Yeah, honestly, I SmackDown has gotten so stale, especially since the swap to Fox six months ago. Oh yes. Steady decline. Bad. Good things in between that I've enjoyed. But it's very few and far between, though. Is that Raw has been steadily consistent? Yep, decent shows. Yeah, I thought the I thought the move to Fox from the beginning was a bad move because I mean, if you look at the demographic of who watches wrestling, they are not home on Friday night. It's just so you you're just taking yourself out of contention. I hate that theme song, by the way. <laughs> like once I hear that theme song come on on SmackDown on Friday nights, I'm already yeah. taken out of the show. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Like, it's to the point. Like when it was on uh, Tuesdays, or even when they had it on Thursdays, I was fine with it. I could fit it in my schedule. But now that it's on Fridays, Tuesday was perfect because Monday and Tuesday back to back nights. It was a perfect flow. For Tuesday the- Live was great. Yeah. Yes. You know, and for me, it, it worked because it was uh, Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite. Bam, week's done. Listen, if yeah. Fox doesn't get their numbers up, I'm sorry. If SmackDown doesn't get their numbers up, Fox might move them to FS1 or something else may happen. If they go to FS1, they're going to be lost. Yeah. Because Fox, you can get with a set of rabbit ears and an antenna, whereas FS1, you got to have a decent cable package to get that nowadays. Yep. But yeah, uh, WWE on the SmackDown side needs to improve their booking. Like this is a consistent problem. I'm not going to lie. I've loved the Otis and Mandy stuff. Okay, good. So how about the other wrestlers like this? uh, The Baron Corbin, Roman Reigns feud went on for so long. was stupid with the dog food. Uh, Like, what am I watching? We're seeing the same tag team matches over and over. There's nothing fresh there. Um, and you know what, is, what I just mentioned covers about an hour and 15 minutes of the show, at least. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is a Morrison. I mean, they tried to reignite that spark. John Morrison sounds like he is absolutely baked out of his gourd every time he's on the mic. He's stuttering he and stammering. He might be. It's somehow he can. 20, so. He can yeah, he can still somehow move in the ring, but God, you can put a mic in his hand, and it's awful. He so was never that great on a mic. Yeah, but that's funny because I saw him uh, perform on the Impact roster, and him without a script, he's gold. Like he was talking, he was it was it was gold. 
Well, that's the problem. Uh, Some of these WWE guys are throwing a script in their hand and they're pressured to memorize the lines instead of bullet points. And then they're stuttering and look right. like boss when they're delivering their promos. Right. And, that, and that's where I think WWE needs to get rid of the scripts. Let these guys talk. Uh, because if you go back, I want to say it was two years ago, uh, again, under the Impact program, it was uh, Johnny Impact or Johnny Morrison versus Austin Aries, one of the best feuds I've actually watched in a really long time. Uh, I think it cultivates at Bound for Glory. Uh, that's a match you guys have to see and you have to look at. And it shows the talent of what John Morrison can do when he's not micromanaged the way the WWE does. So, yeah, um, there's there's a lot to be said here. Um, yeah, Morrison is a great wrestler. If you're looking for spots, absolutely great. Good look. But when that microphone, um, when he's in the middle of a promo, I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm cringing a little bit. He yeah. was kind of like that back, and I haven't seen any of Morrison's ROH Impact um, segments. Right that, and I'll check that out. But he has never really been all that great. When he has the Miz bouncing off, then yeah, you know. Well, I mean, the Miz can make anybody speak well and and really put more emphasis on their character. But again, even when uh, Johnny Morrison was in Lucha, he was a lot better than what he is now. It was a lot better for him, even uh, WWE Run One when he was with Molina. Uh, so I think it has to do with just the way the WWE runs their creative process. It doesn't work for everybody. And it just so happens. John Morrison is one of those guys. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's not really quite working at the moment, but uh, you know, we'll have to see only time will tell, but SmackDown has a lot of work to do. Bruce Pritchard. If you are watching this, you have a lot of work to do. <laughs> I will, I will send them this video. Do you think yeah, we should bring think, back uh, Jim Cornette? You think that'll work? If he's not yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah, because I'm sure Bruce would want to definitely tune in if Jim Cornette were on here with his tennis <laughs> racket. <laughs> really quick, um, the last thing we're going to talk about tonight is our uh, AEW TNT title tournament. My guy's out, man. You have heard Ooh. it here first on Wednesday nights. Uh, if you guys have been watching, me and M have been calling for Archer to win this tournament. Let's, let's yeah. get him there. I might have to give myself a little pat on the back. And we're hey, listen. There's a lot of wrestling left, and it's there is, there is. I, I you definitely could have not gone wrong uh, with your idea of Cole Cabana winning and having Kip Sabian winning on the other side. Uh, it, it, but. Um, it's just the storyline builds weren't really quite there as much as I was seeing with Cody and um, who who do you got? Darby Allen still has yet to have his match. Um, so, know, so now I feel like they're booking themselves into big time. But now um, I just feel like they're booking themselves into a corner because you have Cody versus Darby Allen. So is Cody going to lay down for Darby just to give him that push? Because then. What does that say with Cody that he can't even beat a Darby Allen? And nothing to take away from Darby Allen, but I just think they're on two different levels of that roster. Right. And then on the other side, you have uh Kip Sabian and Lance Archer. So you know Lance Archer's gonna run through Kip Sabian. So if it goes Lance Archer to Cody, that's too early to I think to cultivate that program. 
And then if you go Darby, Lance Archer, you have to put Lance Archer over, right? But then that still hurts Darby Allen. So I think they're booking themselves into a corner with this one. That's why I was rooting for Colt Cabana, because even if you do Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, nobody's getting hurt there. You do Colt Cabana, uh, Cody Rhodes, nobody's really getting hurt there. You know, but now they're in a point where they've they pretty much booked themselves into a corner where no matter which way they go, somebody's getting hurt. I mean, in a Colt Cabana Archer situation, you're not having Colt Cabana go over Archer unless Archer gets disqualified. That's, and that would have been the way to do it. That would have been that had to have done it. So that's the way you get Colt Cabana to advance. Right, and that and I don't think there's anything wrong with that because it still shows Lance Archer as a monster. And it still pushes somebody that can help whoever's left in the tournament and not hurt them. And you probably could have had Cody Rhodes come out and maybe distract Cole Cabana so Archer could get his first win uh, loss um, somehow and then build to a Cody Archer program from there. But from what I see, they want to go the tournament route. Yeah. Now, not to say Darby Allen isn't going to win. Um, you know, to get to the finals, I'm definitely not saying that, but um, I'm definitely seeing Cody Rhodes defeating. Um, no, no, I see Cody Rhodes going against Darby Allen because they planted that seed a little bit, right? I don't see Guevara getting a win, no. Um, so they already have that seed planted, and since they already planted the seed for Cody Archer, my my uh intuition was telling me okay maybe they want to get to cody arch cody versus archer in the finals which i think we're gonna see but i could still be wrong but i I think um archer is gonna run away with this tournament uh he's gonna blow through everybody and uh i think aew is 100 behind him i like archer cooper what do you think i'm lance was kind of my my go-to for a little bit you know like I said, he's got that massive size to him. And especially with Dustin, you know, playing the whole, you know, if I can't win this thing, I'm going to retire, stick with it. So if he were to beat, beat Kip Sabian, you know, he's going up against Lance next round. Yeah, he gets that win so, against Kip Sabian for sure. I don't see Kip Sabian going against Lance Archer. Heel versus heel. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, that's, they're going to play the emotion card and tug on your heartstrings with that. So, I mean, Dustin ends up losing that match. You know, it's it's going to be a heartbreaker, but, you know, you've got this scumbag going into the final, you know. So, they're, they're building that up. So, they're getting behind that guy. So, I mean, Cody versus, you know, it, I, I'm going to see Darby going to get the win, like you said, against Sammy. It's going to be so hard to call. Imagine. Imagine. I don't think this is going to happen, and it doesn't make sense for it to happen. But imagine they did Cody versus Dustin, brother versus brother, Fedesato. Part two? There's no build to that. It would kind of come out of left field, just the way they yeah. build an archer, but you never know what they have in mind. But I, I feel like Cody Archer is probably the way to go at this point. True. I mean, yeah, but it's still too early for Archer to lose anyway. Yeah. He, Definitely he can't take a loss now. He can't take a loss unless he gets disqualified. That's the way you get Archer away from the T and uh, the TNT tournament for sure. Yeah, I mean, especially if they're shooting for Cody. 
Yeah, I mean, if, if they do come out of left field and do the Cody-Dustin finale, part two, I mean, Cody's going to have that title versus career thing. So if Dustin, or if Dustin really is going with that whole, I'm retiring if I don't win this title bit, I mean, that's that's the struggle that Cody's going to have. And, I mean, it's it's like Sean versus Rick back in the day. So, I mean, it's it, it makes you juggle the decision of who's actually going to win this. Right. A little bit and you know they could very well that i mean that's the way that's definitely the way to get there uh you know if if they were to do brother versus brother for the title uh archer's got to get disqualified so he doesn't get hurt uh otherwise um that's just that's just a, a random thought um and if that does happen again you've heard it here first <laughs> But uh, it's looking like Arch is going to the finals and winning it. Yeah, yeah. Guys, I had Lance going. Final thoughts on anything this past week of wrestling or tonight's Raw? Cooper, you can go first. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen at this point. Um, You know, whether it's cutting the string and taking that time off. I know that was a rumor, but they're deviating from that and it's looking like they're going to be filming a bunch of stuff over the next couple of weeks to get them through that way they actually can give these guys time off um but i mean it seems like aew is going through this more fluidly than wwe is right now and i mean especially having chris jericho on the mic every week just him being on oh it's absolutely amazing love just, it like him him still just like calling people stupid idiots and just cussing up one wall and down the other about everybody. It's cold. They're doing it. They're doing it perfect. They got Shivani out there and Jr. you know, they're, they're doing everything right. But I mean, you know, we've got a good money in the bank idea right now, something that we can run with, you know, obviously something that's never happened before because we've never had this situation, you know, in the history since WWE has been around for 50 some years or 60 whatever the math is in my head real quick. But, I mean, time will only tell right now. So we're just along for the ride. It's an essential business, apparently. So it's keeping us entertained while we're stuck at home, basically. Jason Spears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with the, I agree with Cooper. Um, AEW is definitely getting through this a lot smoother. Um, and I think that's a testament to their people, both in backstage and in the ring, being able to be flexible, being able to uh, basically go back to their indie roots, if you will, because they've had to not too long ago perform in front of 50 people, if that. Uh, so they're used to performing in in an arena where there's a low count watching essentially so they're just a little more comfortable i think wwe needs to listen to their superstars that they have that have come from that world um and listen to the advice that they have to make this a little more fluid for them so that they can put on better shows i mean like i said rust hasn't been terrible it's been consistent it's uh slowly moving up i'm not uh, my cell phone nearly as much now as i was about a year or so ago Right, so they're making they're making steps in the right direction. Um, I just think they need to let go a little bit. 
you know, uh, follow what Swerve has to say because he just last year he was on the independent circuit. Uh, uh, you know, same thing. Ricochet not too long goes on the independent circuit. Listen to these guys, and they can give you ideas on how to run these shows. I think if they did that, they'd be in the same boat as AEW. I mean, AEW is still going to be a contender because, I mean, you have, like you said, Chris Jericho. I mean, he's pulling promos on a damn drone and making it interesting. So it's hard to compete with that, but they have the talent. They just have to listen to them. And I think once they do that, it, it'll bring wrestling in today's environment just so much higher. If there's a time for WWE to take the training wheels off of some of these wrestlers, the time's now. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just a little side. The first time Chris Jericho said release the hounds on Vanguard, I absolutely <laughs> lost my mind. That was amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. And he see Jericho coming out of this out of the jacuzzi's leather pants. Yeah. <laughs> How about the bubbly bunch last week? Uh, that was yeah. interesting. I was a little uh, taken back by that. Yeah, you see the dogs looking up at each other. You see the bubbly bottle looking up at Jericho. <laughs> it just shows how inventive the guy can be. Freaking thirty years into his career now. Yeah, Jericho is gold right now, and they need to continue leaving us wanting more. Even if they gave Jericho a week off. Um, they gotta, they gotta make sure they keep their fans wanting more. Jericho's been great. Absolutely. Even if they give him a week off, you know he's gonna go on Twitter and he's gonna cut a, a quick video promo on Vanguard's, you know, watching him or stalking him, and you know, just being paranoid about Vanguard. It'll be, it'll be gold regardless. But you know, I could see him doing that. Because that's, that's a problem with like WWE's overexposure, and you don't want that to happen on the AEW side. Right, yeah. and I and I like that even though they still have Chris Jericho on every week, putting him on con- commentary is a good move because you hear him, but you're not necessarily seeing him. Fantastic! So I think it's it's yeah. amazing, uh, and just the way he he calls uh, uh, Shivani Shivone, like just small tidbits like that, like it gets you laughing, it gets you just involved into the show, and I think that's what WWE needs to learn from. Those are the cues they need to take from AEW on how to make this work. Oh yeah. I think it's proven that even though he was the first champion, Jericho does not have to have the title to be a face of the company. Le champion. He doesn't need champion. Right now. Nope. He definitely doesn't need it. He doesn't have to have it. And he does like like you like you said, Cooper, he'd still be the top guy. Yep. yep. Right now he is the face of the company. There's no doubts about it. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I was a little weary at first when uh, I heard they were bringing Jericho in because, like, man, this dude's old, uh, especially coming from WWE where you just kind of got tired of him. Uh, but he's just he's – he's got the nine lives, man. He can reinvent himself anytime he feels that, like it. And that's – Jericho left WWE as a face because after that festival of friendship, great segment, though. That was great. I mean, that's, that's, one of his, that's one of his favorite segments to do ever, but – Jericho has come out and said, I know my run's done whenever I'm back to face. So he gets done with WWE, straight to AEW, and he's been a heel the entire time, and it's been beautiful. Yep. It's been amazing. He's doing better work than he's ever been doing in his whole career. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, like I said, he, it, they took the shades of this in his early part of his career, but now this is... This is all out Jericho. We're getting the real Jericho here. 
Yeah, because he's got yep. all the full creative freedom. He doesn't have somebody trying to write his promos for him. Like he just says whatever he wants to say in the moment, and it's always magic. And it's the stuff that he creates on the fly that always sticks because the bubbly quote that he just winged that one whenever he won the title, and people are making memes and videos left and right of it. Hey, listen, Jericho got the word "it" over. Yeah, it. Yes. He got it's over. He got the, the list, list over. Yeah, I was listening mm-hmm. to that same interview. I think it was with uh, Chris Van Vliet where, you know, when he reinvents himself or, or makes these things, he just challenges himself. So what can I get over next? Let me get the word it over. All right, that worked. What else can I get over? Let me try a list. Oh, Quiet. That, way, that worked. <laughs> Quiet. 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 Stupid idiot. Drink Whatever. It in, man. Every... <laughs> well, guys, I can talk. Yeah. I can talk Chris Jericho all night, but this is the time of the show where we got to wrap it up. For those of you that have popped on and watched, make sure you share the video with your wrestling fan friends. Tell them to like and subscribe because this way they can watch us live each and every single week, Monday nights and Wednesday nights or Thursday, whatever we decide to do. We got some big things coming up. So be on the lookout for some announcements this week. And uh, for those of you guys that have popped on or are about to watch, we thank you guys for checking in. Coop, it was awesome having you on tonight. You're yeah, the appreciate you having me again. And, You're the man. And, appreciate And one one last thing before we go, the show is dedicated to the Fink. Rest in peace. Oh, how do we not talk about him tonight? We talked about him Wednesday, uh, Thursday. Yeah, um, I, I was gone for that one, so just my little little sad. thing there. Little yeah. early, little it was a little early for the thing to go. Yeah, yeah. And Jay, thank you so much. We've successfully completed five weeks of post shows, brought to you by Deep Six, and I will see you guys next week. See you next week. There you have Vegas. <laughs>